Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about how all businesses, including banks, go through periods of higher and lower profitability. Sometimes, there are periods of negative profitability. That doesn't necessarily mean business failure. Business failure happens when businesses run out of cash. And we often hear the rhetoric that an economic contraction is healthy because it weeds out weaker businesses that are artificially being kept alive in the good times. Well, I'm not here to pass judgment on what is a good business or a bad business. When you look at the role of a central bank, one of its primary functions is to protect the stability of the financial system by injecting liquidity when needed. This can be described as providing elasticity to the money supply. However, the central bank is not the only source of market liquidity. I would even go so far as to say that they have a very hard time actually determining the true state of the money supply from one minute to the next. In most years, the money supply grows. In fact, the average money supply growth has been about 6% over the last 60 years. That's on an annual basis. In fact, we've not had a single year of money supply contraction since the 1940s. And the time before that was during the Great Depression. You see, in our fractional reserve banking system, $1 in deposits can translate up to $9 in new assets, that is, loans, being generated. And then, of course, the banking system has some clever tricks up its sleeve when it comes to commercial lending. I've experienced numerous instances where the lender requires the opening of a bank account from which to withdraw loan payments. The lender then further requires funding of reserves. And that exact same bank account, lo and behold, surprise, surprise, the amount of the deposit is exactly 10% of the loan amount. Those reserves will only be released once the loan is seasoned. The astute borrower would notice that they just funded their own loan. The relationship between deposits and loans should be abundantly clear. There are moments in time throughout the year when banks experience large outflows of capital. The federal tax deadline is one of those moments, but there are in fact several times throughout the calendar year that experience large outflows from the banking system. The international trade deficit is another reason why cash is leaving the banking system and headed overseas, but somehow that trade deficit has not resulted in a deflationary cycle, nor has the printing of money by the Federal Reserve or the Bank of Canada, the Bank of England, or the European Central Bank resulted in a major inflationary cycle, at least till recently. That's because the majority of the inflation was in fact exported. Those foreigners had been content to buy back the national debt of those countries with whom they were trading. Since the start of the Great Financial Crisis in 2007, we've seen central banks injecting liquidity into the system. However, this year, all of the major Western central banks have been preaching a more restrictive monetary policy, and that means removing liquidity from the system. That means not purchasing new securities when those bonds reach maturity. The Federal Reserve has been injecting liquidity into the banking system over the last few weeks in order to prevent more failures. The Swiss Central Bank, the European Central Bank, and likely others have also been responding in kind. But we commercial real estate investors rely upon several funding sources, with one major exception. The largest and most conservative banks do not lend against commercial real estate projects. It's in fact the smaller regional banks that make up the lion's share of commercial real estate lending. Some borrowers tap into the commercial mortgage-backed securities market. That segment of the bond market is the same secondary market that the banks utilize. And all of this brings us to the events of the last few weeks. The headlines are all focused on the stability of the banking system. 
fear has been permeating medium-sized banks, including the hundreds and hundreds of extremely solid, well-managed financial institutions. In spite of this, we've seen a significant outflow of capital from these medium-sized banks in favor of the largest, too-big-to-fail banks. The most recent report that I saw was of $130 billion in deposits having exited the regional banks in favor of the nation's largest banks. But the outflows have continued since that report. In fact, a report from Reuters last week shows that a total of $600 billion in deposits have left the U.S. banking system in the last few months. So when deposits flow from a regional bank to one of the largest banks or maybe into a money market fund, you get a reduction in lending liquidity. $600 billion in deposit outflows could mean up to $6 trillion reduction in new loans unless the ones receiving the cash are willing to lend it out. And then the types of commercial loans that you would expect from a smaller bank like Citizens Bank will never be available from Wells Fargo. We've seen demand for credit falling, but that's a function of high prices for capital. It's not that the demand has truly fallen. Demand has fallen at today's price of capital, which is the result of higher interest rates. These are significant warning signs of falling liquidity and that we as real estate investors, we need to pay close attention. Even without the Fed reducing liquidity through quantitative tightening, we are already experiencing quantitative tightening at the street level. And it seems like the Fed hasn't even noticed. Their computer simulations only model things they've observed in the economy. Since a computer model doesn't predict it, they can't see it until it punches them in the face. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.